Hello and welcome to this 5Ws podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the new movie, The Suicide Squad. So is this better than its predecessor? Let's find out. My name is AJ and I'm here with... Rucker. So let's get started. Who? The star of this film is the director, James Gunn. After problems in regards to who actually directed the last Suicide Squad film, which I won't go into now, <laughs> James Gunn conveniently fell into DC's lap due to his temporary firing from Marvel or Disney or whoever. Um, DC expected a lot from him when they entrusted him to direct this project. Did he deliver? What? The Suicide Squad. The follow-up from 2016 Suicide Squad. They really bent over backwards for the name on this one. What will the next one be? The, the Suicide Squad? Or maybe they will underline it or something. Maybe a full stop? <laughs> Where? Set in the mythical South American nation of Corto Maltese. When? Set after the first Suicide film, but we were given no idea as to how long after. Why? The first Suicide Squad film was a big financial success somehow, but it was a it was over 700 million dollars they're happy with it in that regard but it was a critical disaster stories of reshoots and re-edits and a film that definitely did not match the spirit of how it had been promoted in the trailers caused all sorts of problems dc clearly wanted to avoid this sort of crap again so james gunn has been brought aboard to save the franchise but can it be a success in a world fighting a pandemic. Start, Okay. 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 We start the movie with Amanda Waller sending a Task Force S team to raid Corto Maltese. The members of the team are Savant, Captain Kangaroo, Blackguard, Javelin, TDK, Weasel, Harley Quinn, and they are led by Colonel Flag. Hang on. Whoa, 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 wait. I thought Idris Elba, Polka Dot Dude, John Cena Dude, and Shark Dude were supposed to be in this film. Guess I was mistaken. Stupid me. Wow, all that focus on Savant. I guess he's going to be the hero of this film. Amanda Waller has a new team of agents working for her. Remember how she blew away the team working for her in the last episode? Wasn't that bit great? After assembling the team at Bell Reef Prison, they are dispatched to Corto Maltese. We aren't given any briefing as to what the mission this team is on. After a pretty crappy airdrop, which kills Weasel, the team gets to the beach and most of them are subsequently slaughtered by soldiers that are waiting for them. Seems that Blackguard somehow let the military know they were coming and solved the SS out. With most of the team, including Savant, dead, we then cut to the, another part of the island where Team 2, led by Bloodsport, is successfully getting ashore to carry out the same mission while the military deals with Team 1. Yay! Wait a minute. Savant was killed? You mean he isn't going to be the hero of the movie? What the f***, man? What do you mean? No more Michael Rooker. He's a freaking legend. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, enough of this BS. Yes, the first Suicide Squad team we met was mostly a cheat even though they featured very heavily in the promos. Good one, James Gunn. Yes. But I could see it coming. The only one death that surprised me was Captain Kangaroo. I thought he was doing a good job and up, good job up until that point. Can anybody say just fulfilling Jai Courtney's contract? Anybody? <laughs> he was pretty hot in Hollywood 
five years ago, but that's dropped off now, so he can be sacrificed. So tell me, Macca, what is the difference between Idris Elba's blood sport in this film and Will Smith's dead shot? They're essentially the same character, aren't they? Even down to the daddy issues and trying to do right by the young daughters. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no difference. Uh, uh, the, the only difference is that uh, Bloodsport actually shot Superman <laughs> with a kryptonite bullet. I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're forgetting the other major difference too, I guess. The spelling. Ah, <laughs> oh, true. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. So now we find out exactly what's going on. Bloodsport and his team have been recruited to raid Corto Maltese. Yeah, we know that bit. The country has recently had its government overthrown by an anti-American regime, but there is a big problem in the country, a nasty secret. As for Team 2, it's the usual deal. In exchange for a lighter sentence, the squads are tasked with destroying... Oh, this just, Jot- just call it Tower of Power. That's what I call it in later. Tower on. of Power, Jotunheim. Yeah. A Nazi-era laboratory that holds a secretive experiment known as Project Starfish. What is that? We'll have to wait and see. We meet Team 1 at their briefing. As usual, for a suicide squad, they generally can't stand each other, being the social outcasts they are. The second team, comprising Bloodsport, Peacemaker, pro wrestler seeking acting career as always, mm-hmm. King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Cool But Misunderstood Dude, and Ratcatcher 2, Emo Millennial Sleepy Girl, is assembled in the obligatory flashback sequence. Get used to that shite. And they then enter the country undetected. The team gets ashore and the obligatory beginning begins. Yes, they don't get on. We get it. They decide to set up a camp and have a bit of a nap. Weird. And we get, and we cut back to team one where guess who and guess who else survives? You know that there is no way that they were going to kill Harley. And since Flag has been seen later in the movie in trailers, his survival was pretty obvious as well. They could do these trailers to make the spoilers of these films a little bit less obvious, but I guess they figure that we've all forgotten them by now. Back at the camp, Bloodsport doesn't like rats. Hey, Idris, the book on phobias in film has been written. Please refer to one Indiana Jones if you want to do it more effectively. And we discover to our disgust that Peacemaker leans to the left. Ew, TMI. Probably the only part of him that leans to the, le- leans to the left, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> they laid on the pathos a bit thick with King Shark. And that's one of the reasons I think I would have preferred Weasel on their team. Because <laughs> Weasel was really random, but would have been hard to work with. But I don't know. Anyway, more of that later. Amanda Waller discovers that Rick Flagg is still alive and directs the team to rescue him and kill his captors with extreme prejudice. So the team enters the camp and slaughters just about everybody they find in their own style and hilarious ways. Good glorification of violence here. A lot of fun. Yeah! I guess that even though they bicker, this sequence demonstrates that the team can work well together in combat. So, yeah, a lot of interesting deaths here, people getting shot in interesting ways or cut up or just butchered. And, you know, no no thought of consequences or anything like that. And there, there aren't really, not many real consequences of this. It's still, they did a naughty. But anyway. The second team finds Flag alive and captured by rebel soldiers led by Sol Soria, who agrees to assist them. So in fact, when they entered the camp, they had to inadvertently kill people who would have allied to them. Oh no, silly duffers, just a joke. 
Bad intel, not their fault. Yep, just just brush it under the carpet. Nobody cares because this movie is going to be a freaking slaughter fest anyway. I hope nobody is learning their morality from this film. <laughs> there are no positive role models at all in this movie, just like the last one, lol. Cut back to the people who have taken over the government of Corte Maltese. We get to meet the thinker, Garius Greaves, Peter Capaldi, the scientist in charge of Operation Starfish. He's pretty pissed at the people who have taken over the government as they have slaughtered his staff. He takes them to the Tower of Power so they can get a look at what the Suicide Squad is after. A bit of exposition about the origin of their target is given as well. First team survivor Harley Quinn is taken prisoner by the Corto Maltese government who are plotting to use Project Starfish against other nations. Harley is wine-dined and shagged by Silvio Luna, the Presidente of the country. Seems he is a fanboy and has the hots for a big time. He proposes marriage, but in her psychopathic ways, she then shoots him dead and gives him the big lecture as to why he isn't the guy for her while he bleeds out. Charming. <laughs> yeah, the main character bit for Harley in this film. Since she is a big star of the film, I guess it's appropriate she gets to some time to develop things herself in the movie. The problem is that this sequence really slows the film down and feels a little bit more on the tacked, side, tacked on side just to keep Margot happy. Harley then gets locked up for a bit. Cut back to the rest of the team walking through the jungle. We get a little bit more character building stuff, but they have to get back to the city in time to grab Brainiac. We get some polka dot exposition and where he sees his mother is really cool. I thought that was done really well. Yeah, right that was funny. That, that was good stuff. And that, yeah, I, really, I really enjoyed his character. He was one of the most enjoyable ones in it. And then to do what they did. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> we then meet Milton, who is charged with smuggling the team into the city. He drives them in via a bus and they go to a nightclub that Brainiac frequents. Everybody in the team gets to go into the bar and hang out for a while, but Jabba Jaw is bitterly disappointed when he has to stay in the bus. No, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> you remember Jabba Jaw, don't you? Yep, yep. yep, yep. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Colonel Flagg in this movie. He blends in with the team more, but is a still, but he's still essentially the straight guy. He just does a better job than the last film, I thought. All the other team members have their charms. The only one who tends to get tedious is the peacemaker. I have no real problems with John Cena. It's just his character is shit. How the fuck are they going to make a TV series out of a character you feel no empathy for, eh? What do you reckon? Yeah, he's a bit like a psychotic Captain America. He is. Which, but... which we kind of got in Captain Bucky. But like... <laughs> I know. But, but, but how are they going to do a TV series? You know, it's like... Oh, it's just, it's just going to be dead, a Deadpool kind of Captain America bang, bang type. HBO naughty show, I think, from the sounds of it. Yeah, by the sounds of it, I don't know. Anyway, the team goes into the bar and parties for a while. Braniac turns up, Deadshot grabs him, but before they can bundle him out the front door, some soldiers conveniently turn up looking for Americans. Flag, Deadshot, and Peacemaker surrender themselves to the soldiers, letting the rest of the team smuggle Braniac out the back door. <laughs> 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 the soldiers take their prisoners away they break out of the prison van and then we get the obligatory car chase and then the big car crash that our heroes walk away from so you get that big scene of walking away with flames in the background yeah. <laughs> interesting scenes in the bar some more character building etc kind of interesting but not really that great in the middle part of the film here the car chase was tacked on i thought of course come on gun you can do better than this so they've got Brainiac, everything is ready to go. 
Deadshot gives the order to the head of the Tower of Power and complete their mission. Flag overrides him, however, and tells them they have to go rescue Harley Quinn first. Harley is now a prisoner of the bad guys and being tortured in the same way that Mel Gibson was tortured in Lethal Weapon. The team arrive outside the building Harley is held in and organize the rescue. Then we get Harley busting out in exactly the same way Mel deals with his electrocuting captor in Lethal Weapon. Did you notice that? Then? Yeah. Just, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sure uh, they... Now, now it rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'd fess up to it and say, yeah, yeah, we know what we were doing when we kind of took the piss out of that. But but still, it's a bit of plagiarism, James Gunn. I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching you. So then we get the just a gigolo bit. So we'll just briefly talk about this, se- this sequence. This was one of the most bloody and violent sequences in the entire film, I thought. Just blood splattering everywhere. Harley just killing people left right and center then she gets the javelin and starts killing people maybe these movies work better as music videos you know because there's i don't know there's a real increasing level of violence in comic book films now i think this i think the level of violence in this one would have gotten them in trouble once i i think it was kind of hidden with the flowers or the animation that was a kind of bit, used yeah, to make it cutified, yeah. but yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. A, a little bit, and like I say, I don't mind, but it's it's very it's very fetishistic and all, all that sort of thing. Some some guys will probably bloody get their rocks off over it, especially her carrying out the violence. I don't know. There, there's just something about it that I don't. Know, it just bothers me a bit, though. I, I don't know. It's they, they can get away with the gun violence in America because they're all freaking trigger happy over there anyway. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's a bit of the difference. Yeah, people look at it in other countries and go, yeah, come on, guys. So just as the team is about to bust out Harley, she catches up with them, and now it is all on to go to the Tower of Power. After a brief briefing session on the roof with Brainiac, it's all go into the Tower of Power. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just say it. Yeah, okay. Brainiac drives them in the minibus. They get past security and arrive. It's raining. Harley Quinn does her, I love the rain. It's just like angels are splooching all over us, which is one of the stupidest, unfunniest jokes in the entire movie. Just dumb. Harley's jokes are hit and miss at the best of times, but this one, yawn, give me Stevie Nicks naked and soaked in oil any day. But um, if you know what I'm referring to there. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> pickles, what, wasn't it? <laughs> what what's Harley? Is is this Harley from the comics? Is this what Harley is like in the comics? I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kind of. Is, yeah. is it dumb jokes or is it, you know, it's like oh. uh, the, she's kind of become a bit of a good bad girl, if that makes sense. Like yeah, it makes sense, she, yeah. She's yeah. she's she's kind of like I think she's a bit more ditzy in this. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, kind of, I would say kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Breaking into the tower of power. Most of the squad rigs the facility with explosives as flag and Ratcatcher two enter the underground laboratory with the thinker. They discover project starfish to be Starro the conqueror, a giant alien that spawns smaller versions of itself to take control of its victims bodies. The thinker reveals that Starro was brought to earth by the American government who have been secretly funding the experiments on Corte Maltese for decades. Oh, no. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, there were some really, really horrific scenes here as we see the nature of Project Starfish, as well as the terrible nature of the experiments that Brainiac has been carrying out on Starro. Um, it's still really good, though, because it, it really does up the ante to my liking, and I don't mind 
Um, it's really good and unforgettable, though. I love Brainiac's Unclutch Your Fucking Pearls flag speech. Um, really good stuff. Capaldi doing what he does best, just going off like a freaking maniac. And, um, yeah, it was good. Anyway, yeah. Flag blows a gasket at this point, realising that he wants to show the world the evils that have been going on here under the supervision of the US government. That's when Peacemaker steps in. Flag and Peacemaker start to fight, one wanting the truth to be told and the other wanting to protect the US government at all costs. Explosives go off around them in the tower, knocking everybody out. When they wake up, Starro's cell has been busted open. Starro grabs Brainiac, pulls him apart and then splatters him in a very spectacular fashion. I'll just say it would have been nice to see a little bit more of Brainiac and to see him using whatever intellectual powers he has, but whatever on with the movie. You know what I mean? I, I, I just mm. think they could have fleshed him for, for such a good actor. I, I think they, you know, because they didn't really demonstrate any sort of intellectualism at all. And it's like, he's got all that shit coming out of his head and all that sort of stuff. Surely he can think of something really fast or I don't know, it, just, just a bit of waste of potential. Peacemaker, under secret orders to cover up America's involvement, Kills Flag after he refuses to surrender a hard drive containing evidence of this revelation. <laughs> Not malady, for God's sake. <laughs> That's all right. I think they killed Flag because they wanted Deadshot to be the real hero at the end of this film. What do you mm. reckon? Yeah, true. But I, yeah, I, it, it does sort of suck because, like, Flag is a major. I mean, like, I, I haven't really read much of the Suicide comics, yeah. Suicide Squad comics. Yeah. But I do know Flag is a major character in those comics. Yeah, and well, it's like I say here, I think that Joel Kinnaman was doing a great job in the film, better than the last one. Not as serious he was in the first film, but he's he's still the real hero of the story because he's in a crim, you know what I mean? Mm. That, that's yeah, the he, thing. He's that. actually yeah, government agent. But, but yeah. I did find it weird when they sort of fucked him over at the beginning of the film. I know, they, they, they did yeah. just yeah, send him off with the batch that, Oh, I don't know. Maybe, oh, no, they, they were all pretty fucking hopeless, that whole team. <laughs> I don't think they were expecting too much out of them. My point that I make later on, but I thought was an interesting one, it's like bloody Jabberjaw could have nearly done the entire mission himself. Since he yes. seems to be indestructible, the only thing yes. holding him back is his lack of in intellect. But just all the time, it's like, oh, they killed him finally. They killed him finally. It's like, nut, nah, keep getting back up, keeps, but, you know, even after all the gunshots. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I think it was a mistake. Killing off uh, Flag. I think Flag was one that should have been brought back from the dead at the end. I think that would have made more sense mm. rather than fucking Peacemaker, even though he's got his own show. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Peacemaker then gets ready to blow away Ratcatcher 2 just because he is thorough. Flashback to eight minutes earlier, and the rest of the team who was trying to set the explosives up run into trouble, and the explosives are set off early. Polka Dot gets butthurt about Milton getting killed, the only civilian that ever anybody seems to give a shit about. Jabberjaw makes some new friends, but that doesn't last long. I did like that part. How he, yeah. New dumb friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get busted out and they just start fucking attacking him. It's like, yeah, that's, that's actually <laughs> quite amusing. You know, so, you know, some jokes did work in this film. Not many of them, but, you know, some, some worked fairly well. So an interesting bit, fairly spectacular. Um, some nice character development for Polka Dot Man, etc. On with the show. We have a very spectacular sequence with the tower collapsing. Some funny stuff with Jabberjaw, who seems to be absolutely indestructible, could have nearly done the whole mission solo. Ratcatcher 2 obtains the drive from Peacemaker and Bloodsport saves her by shooting Peacemaker. Very good action sequence here. You, you can at least see where the film's budget went, you know, with this sort of stuff, because 
That, it was, yeah, that was really good. I especially liked the bit where Dead Sport fell down <laughs> um, <laughs> each of the levels yeah. of the tower, um, like in Homer Simpson, the Simpsons, ah, boom, ah, boom, just that, that was, that was really good, really effective. Um, yeah, excellent. Let's keep going. Starro breaks out of the tower and we get to one of the most impressive shots of the movie. I thought that bit was really good. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Almost like starting another movie, but just, just, just really well done. Yeah, anyway. Starro releases thousands of miniature parasite starfish that takes over the, the army surrounding the remains of the tower. Our heroes are safe, though. Starro then wanders off to demolish what's left of the nearby town and possess its inhabitants. Okay, here is something that James Gunn got absolutely right. This was a great choice of villain. It was ludicrous, and he says himself it was a ludicrous choice of villain, but absolutely terrifying and dangerous at the same time. I can't even remember what the villain was in the first Suicide Squad. What, what was the villain in the first Suicide, Suicide Squad movie? I just remember this black spongy sort of thing and any clues? I, I can't really can't remember. It was, it was so unmemorable. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, and it was possessing people as well. I know, I know, I know that yeah. the Kara Divine was sort of possessed by it. Possessed or something by like it, that, but, but yeah, but it was, but it was yeah, just, just so uh, indistinct and unmemorable. But I think everybody's gonna remember a giant starfish wandering through a town. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that's that's like I said, something got right. Um, yeah, all I remember is something black and slimy from the first one. I'll never forget this villain, and the way everybody starts screaming when possessed by Starro. That was like something out of Doctor Who and very memorable as well. Just, just really done well. So, you know, he, he, got, he was on the money for that sort of stuff. Let's keep going. Whoops. The video feed reconnects to Madawala and her staff. Remember them? Seeing Starro on the warpath, Walla orders the team to pull back and ignore the situation. The work is done. Forget Starro. Dead Sport and the rest of the team decide to risk their lives by ignoring Walla's orders to do the noble thing and save the people of Puba. <laughs> <laughs> Waller properly loses a ship and starts to call them every name under the sun and is about to blow their neck explosives when one of her own staff takes her out with a golf club, saving the team. These guys definitely have a better union than the last team. <laughs> I think that's all it comes down to because she just shot the other ones in cold blood. I really <laughs> didn't want to try to them anyway. So the anti-heroes slash villains go to heroes from zero to hero. Nothing wrong with that. It's well done. Apart from the music here, which sucks. I don't know. Just for some reason, the soundtrack just went to hell at this point. Just this stupid fucking music started playing. It's like, what the fuck? Anyway, yeah. Polka Dot has his moment here, unleashing an attack that does massive damage to Starro's leg and starts yelling and screaming that he's the motherfucking superhero. And then it's the Suicide Squad. So you can guess what happens next. <laughs> Jabba Jaw is thrown into a collapsed building. Dead Sport starts killing all of the possessed. It seems that all is lost. They are defeated. Then Ratcatcher 2 demonstrates the power of her rats as they overwhelm and consume Starro. Harley joins in on the attack, using her javelin to give the rats a chance to get inside Starro and consume it from within. Nicely done sequence. Pretty deranged in its own way, especially um, Harley swimming around in Starro's eye. But, yes. <laughs> but, but, it was, it, but it suits this film, so it was well done. Okay. We get one more little bit of misplaced pathos for Starro here, which is kind of okay, but also kind of doesn't fit either. I was happy floating in space, staring at the stars. 
it was, it was kind of all right, but yeah, just 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 out of place at this point in the story. And it's like we hadn't really cared about fucking Star up until the, up until this point, and we're not going to start now. So it's <laughs> like forget it. The battle draws the Corte Maltese military away from the capital, allowing Surya to take control of the government, which she pledges to reform. Using the driver's leverage, Bloodsport forces Waller to release him and his surviving teammates in exchange for keeping its contents confidential and they are airlifted out of Corto Maltese. I meant to say dead sport there, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> in two post credit scenes, Weasel and Peacemaker are revealed to be still alive, with the latter in the care of Waller's subordinates. I was really glad they spared Weasel. Like I say, I'd, I'd rather see a TV, TV series about Weasel than Peacemaker. So <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a challenge, but fuck it. It'd be probably more entertaining, but whatever. I, I did expect a little bit more out of the post-credit sequences, just something leading yeah. to something else. But yeah, it's like, oh, Peacemaker's I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, great, great. Oh, fuck, this fuck, we're still alive. Anyway, I <laughs> forgot to put something in here. Guess what I forgot to put in here? And okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna crap on. You can just yeah, go for it. You want. So yeah, okay. The movie starts up with um, the Johnny Cash song "Folsom Prison Blues." Is that the level of cool they're chasing? If they are, they didn't quite make it, unfortunately. As for the rest of the soundtrack, I, I didn't mind the um, "Just a Gigolo" when Harley went nuts, and there were a few other tracks that were kind of okay, but. I don't know. It, the, the, some the soundtrack in some parts was really fucking underwhelming. What about you? Yeah, I, I think this is one of his worst soundtracks he's he's, he's done. James yeah, Dunn. exactly. Um, Compared to something like Guardians, or the that, Guardians yeah. of uh, maybe yeah. maybe Marvel have got the fingers on that for you know <laughs> we're, we're going to put all the sort of you know great uh, songs in our movies and and try and <laughs> you know and like either this is what you've got left over. I mean, there's a couple of cool songs, but yeah, it, yeah. I found it quite underwhelming for, for what you consider a, a, you know, to be a James Gunn sort of soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the, what, yeah, the Johnny Cash was good. The other one was okay, but yeah, there, there could have been more, you know, decent stuff in it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to emulate himself, but I don't know. Um, Amanda Waller going soft. She killed her team for less in the last film. As I say, maybe this team has a better yeah. union. That would make sense, <laughs> I guess. So, oh, fuck, I thought she was going to fucking kill them too. But no, nah, they somehow got through it alive. But yeah, Stallone was good as Jabberjaw. But I feel they might have um, been more unlocked comedy potential in the randomness of Weasel. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's just something that might have worked a bit better I, I, you know, you could see what they're trying to do with Stallone, and, and sometimes it did work, but but at other times it was just like, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I found I found the animation of Jabberjaw a bit dodgy, to be honest. It just it just seemed a little bit out of place. Yeah, well, that's probably a bit of cost cutting on their part. Mm. I did read that I mentioned him on the thing. They actually did consider Solomon Grundy for this, and. Ah. Uh, that, that, that was a huge list of characters they considered. Solomon Grundy, the one I, I want to see one day, Man Bat, all these other different sorts of things they considered. But James Gunn just bent over backwards to rope in the ones that he thought were the craziest or the most sealed. Oh, he, lo- he loves his obscure characters, James yeah. Gunn. Yeah. You know, he, he said uh, Polka Dot Man is just a shithouse character in the comics. And yes. so what, what does he do? He goes and make it a, makes it a fucking awesome character in the movie. And it's like, yeah. fuck. And then fucking does what he does. It's like, fuck you. What'd you fucking do that for? Anyway, <laughs> I understand. Like I said, it's a suicide squad, whatever. 
Yeah, Harley dealing with her electroshock um, captor was stolen from Lethal Weapon. I'm sure they would admit to that. There was lots of action in this. It was very large-scale action as well, which is really good. Uh, I didn't like the death of Colonel Flagg. I can see why they had to kill him, but still, it's just one of those things, yeah. Okay, here's a point. Film was over two hours long. Um, I think it would have been better if they had trimmed it by about 20 minutes. I didn't, I didn't realise it was that long. Like, mm. I, I mean, Two hours yeah. and 20 minutes, I think, something like that. It's a, it's a pretty fair length. I, I just think there's a few points here and there where not entire scenes going, but just how they played out. I think they just let it go a bit long in the takes. Yeah, yeah, you know what that's I mean? it, true. Yeah, yeah, and because I've, I've we've seen James Gunn have that more of that sort of fast cut sort of between um, characters and that sort of thing, but this one, yeah, just just a little bit more um, editing. Um, the other thing that was interesting was um, spelling out what the point of the movie, that what what point the movie is at, or what's happening with text written in nature was an interesting idea. Yeah, I like that carrot character on the narrative. Some of it worked better than others but but i think they needed to break the fourth wall more <laughs> than this a narrator might have helped i know i've said narrator before but i really think a narrator might have helped with with this film just to join it together a little bit more and i'm not talking serious narrator i'm talking more something like some the guy who did the 1966 batman sort of thing just just something like that we are the suicide squad is in danger what are they going to do you know what i mean just yeah that, that, that would have been a bit quirky yeah yeah, yeah I, I i think it would give it, it would have been an element that would actually help this film. Yeah, give it give it more of that quirky sort of thing that they're after with this film because, <clears throat> you know, they, they still don't want to play it too seriously, but, you know, they, they just need something to carry it along. Anyway, so apparently when they originally got James Gunn on board at DC, they said to him, make a Superman film. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't know yeah. that. They said, make a Superman film. I don't know what they were thinking because it sounds like they hadn't looked at his freaking resume. Because if you looked at his resume, you wouldn't look at that and go, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> he said, nah, fuck off. Um, and then DC said to him, okay, we'll let you pick whatever you want to make for us. And he picked Suicide Squad. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So I mean, that. I know, I know he, he, he like I said, the, the character, he handpicked these characters. Well, I guess the ones that didn't make it. I guess he picked most of most of the characters, but like, yeah, he like, did. like the like the like um like all, all the guys that died. I guess you could say he he okay. went through and he, um the javelin dude and everything. Javelin yeah. dude and all that. Yeah, and it's like what? But like, I guess he likes his Z list characters. You know who was missing when I was read about, but I think they considered it was Kite Man. Um, oh yeah. Because uh, uh, they said he's fucking ludicrous and ridiculous. You know, just he, he actually, I think, might have influenced James Gunn a little bit in this, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Kite Man actually has, he's been used quite well in the comics. I, I read recently. That they use, I've read they use him as a butt of a lot of jokes. He, he is a butt of a lot of jokes, but it's it, like you said, it's kind of making, not Calendar Man, like James's brother who, who played sort of two roles Sean. in this, Sean. Sean. Yeah, he played the character that has the, the writing on his head I when they're that. in jail. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw and Calendar Man. Yeah, like that character was kind of a, a joke, who's now sort of been made into into more of a you know uh, not so nice character, I guess you could say in in yeah. the comics in the last probably ten years. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the characters are sort of have been amped up, I guess, in, in, into what they sort of you know schlockly were in the comics wise. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Um, DC are also supposed to have said to him, 
you can kill off whoever you want in this movie. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. but but as I say, I wonder what they would have said if he had said, I'll kill Harley then. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they would have drawn the line at that. No, and, yeah, yeah. True. It's like, yeah, she definitely would have been off limits. So so maybe that's probably how he got away with killing Colonel Flag, I guess. <laughs> but um the very day after he signed on to this with DC. Disney reinstated him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Get back here, you bastard. So, <laughs> and, and so Disney reinstated him. He went to Disney and, and said to Fage, he said, look, I'm working on, I've just signed up for this. And Fage just looked and said, go for it. Disney probably could have gotten him out of it. It would have cost him a bundle. Probably, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, Fage just said, I'll just go and do it. So they probably just took looked at it as a working holiday for him sort of thing. And so, because, you know, they'd give him, given him so much creative control and all that sort of stuff. Um, so just as a point of reference, I've tried to assemble a list of greatest action, comedy, comic book films. I've put this list together because this is a path that this film is trying to walk in, yeah? I, I think it's trying to get up with that sort of thing. So I've got in no particular order the first two Deadpool films, yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Kick-Ass, and I've got your suggestion in The Kingsman, which I didn't know was a comic, but that, that, that to me is the top five, I think, of films that, you know... Hat, that work with the action comedy comic book background this film just doesn't quite make it and i don't know any ideas yeah i mean i know i think it, i think it's just sort of i know he's done he's done like you can see some elements i don't know if i've just sort of sorry i'm just quickly flicked up imdb yeah where i don't know did you ever see super where rain Wilson? Uh, i never saw that one no that is quite dark he was the writer on that. I'm not sure if you directed that, um, but also the the sort of this, which is like Superman went bad. It, it was it was. It oh, was, um, oh, I know that. I've seen that. Um, it's a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's a kid. It's kind of like yeah. instead of Clark Kent being all nice, it's Clark Kent being an asshole. And yeah, it's the kid just, going around killing everybody. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the name of that one. I know that one. He was involved in that, was he? I think he either produced it or he wrote. I don't think he directed it. I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to look, quickly look on here. Nah, he's definitely definitely didn't um, direct it, but I know he he definitely. What? Oh, Brightburn. Brightburn. That's it. Brightburn. Yeah, Brightburn. That's it. Yeah, and he was producer on that one. So yeah, um, but but you yeah. can tell it was a very James Gunn. I mean, if you if like I said, if you've seen, um, uh, fuck, what's it? Hang on, I've forgotten what, what we were just sort of talking about. Brightburn. Not Brightburn, um, one with with super with super. super. You can yeah. see it has the same sort of dark elements of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, see it properly, but yeah, hmm. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Have you seen um, the Belco experiment? Ah, mm, uh, that's one that he wrote and produced back in two thousand and sixteen. It was straight after the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And about it's about all these people stuck in essentially a big office building, and they've all got get this explosive charges planted into their heads that um, people outside the building can set off and all that sort of stuff. This film had a, I've seen bits of that one. This film had a very similar feel to that, just with people being slaughtered by explosive charges and all that sort of thing. So that's right up his alley as well. So, you know, this one was. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen that, but yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like you sort of, you know, you expect Guardians where it's all like bright and light sort of thing, but he does he does have a dark. Oh, side. I know, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's all, like, oh. isn't, isn't that also his um, trauma background as well? Because yeah, yeah, the trauma films are yeah. very 
uh, very much a similar sort of thing where they they make up for their um, zero production values and zero budgets just by making them as schlocky and horrific as hell from what I understand. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, that, that's his original background with Tromeo and Juliet and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he's got that sort of element. He brings as much of it he, as he can into this movie, I can tell. But I don't know. It, it's still, to me, it was, it was similar to the first one where it's like, okay, I'm going to laugh now but I'm not going to laugh for another 15 minutes because we're going to have serious action. And it, I think it needs to be more blended through, if you know what I mean. Guardians was better at that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Guardians. Guardians I, was much better at that. Yeah. So I, I, I just don't know what it is. You know, and with total, yeah, you know, from what I can see, he had pretty much total creative control over this. So, yeah, it's, it's like the point I'm making the next point. The problem is that a lot of the humour in this film is very gag-oriented. Um, rather than just finding the natural humor in situations like they do with Loki, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. It's it's not gaggy in Loki. It's just 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 amusing the the way everything goes. But this is just like, okay, laugh here, serious, 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 laugh again, and that sort of thing. Even even more laughs when um, during the just a gigolo thing, making it more of a dream dream sequence or just her seeing the people as flowers as as she just destroyed them. You know, yes, yes. I, 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 I can think of what they could have done. To make that better and no i don't think i'm a better fucking writer than james gunn but i can just you know from from an external point of view jabber jaw was a great example as well uh some of his jokes worked but some of them just fell a bit flat i thought you know so yeah so all right so where to now this film is oaking i was, I was looking at it today this film is only making money very slowly at the moment yeah. according to media reports um of course being on hbo max and therefore available to BitTorrent and pirates uh, would not be helping that at all. Um, but it's a COVID world at the moment and some people just can't see this film legally. I'd, I'd hate to be in a situation where I couldn't see this film legally. So, uh-huh. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. What, what do you reckon? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's probably going to do okay business in its yeah. first week yeah. and then probably... Just same as what happened with um, Black Widow. It just sounded like the first week it sort of did well and then bang, you know, it got uh-huh. replaced by, I don't know, some Smurfs movie, you know, like that's yeah, what I mean. It yeah, just sort of, it yeah, just... yeah, I know, I know. It's that sort of thing. I've heard people people around, I've, I've read a few reports, you know, people saying they're going into the, into the cinemas to see it and the cinemas are only you know, half full and that sort of thing. But once again, this could be more of a COVID thing too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You'd think that would have been more of a problem for Black Widow, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what the difference is between these two films in terms of terms of box office. I've, you know, apart from the fact that this isn't a Marvel film, and Marvel film seems to be the bee's knees as far as the audience is yeah, concerned. True. But but the previous Suicide Squad made over seven hundred million dollars, and it looks like we're probably not going to get to that level. So this might be it. You know, this this might be the end of the line for them on the big screen. Personally, I don't think the greatest Suicide Squad movie. Has been made yet? Yeah, because I, who I watched it with said they preferred the first one. Yeah, and I was just like, really? It's like, I mean, I, I, mean, I know I'm a bit of a James Gunn fanboy. Yeah, and but you know, but yeah, I just found yeah, it just didn't. I mean, I like, I enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it more than I did the first one. Yeah, definitely. But it's just like soundtrack. Eh, the characters were kind of like. I mean, I, I know the Suicide Squad is supposed to be like random Z-list sort of characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I kind of I didn't like how they killed off um, Captain Boomerang. 
Yeah. I, I think they that should was not. Have, yeah. And not, you know, he's an Aussie. <laughs> yeah. But more of a, I think that character could have been utilized more. I mean, like he's, he's, he's probably more of a, a B grade uh, or A minus a-, a- villain, a flash, he's an A minus sort of flash villain. Yeah. Um, so kind of like killing him off is kind of like, well, you just killed off one of your, your better sort of characters. Yeah. I understand all the other ones. I mean, I, I, I mean, it worked. It, my jaw did sort of drop when I went, what the fuck's going on? Like, like yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously we, we saw, you know, team two. But yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like. Well, don't, don't forget the first one had Joker uh, on appearance by the Joker. The first one had by Joker, appearance yeah. by, the first one had appearance by freaking Batman. And it, it's, True, um, yes. and, and so I, I think that does that have. That might have sold it a bit more. For yeah, I, I think it does. I, I will or legitimize it a little bit more as far as the audience is concerned. I don't know. You know, Superman got, uh, you know, sidewards mention in this. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just something wasn't gelling quite right. I thought the performances from the cast members were fine and oh, they yeah. did, did the best with what they had. And I, I, I will say, I think I prefer Idris over Will Smith in this role. I've got no problems with Will Smith as an actor, but I think Idris just had that right, that more, just more of that comedic tone that Will Smith was struggling to get mm. in the first one. I, Idris was just funny in some parts. Some parts didn't work as well as others, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. I, I think they need a Suicide Squad movie where they're going up against an opposing team that isn't actually that different from them or something like that. What do you reckon? Yeah, but I, I, just, I don't know how you can do that because it's like villains versus villains. I, I mean, know, I know. But then if you have them versus like, you know, a Justice League, then we know the Justice League is going to kick their ass. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I mean, I know it was sort of like, it was a random creation, the Suicide Squad. I know, I think... Someone sort of, you know, how about we sort of try this? And it was just like, oh, okay. And it, and it kind of yeah. did sell out. It did sell comics when yeah. it sort of originally sort of came out. Now yeah. it's kind of, I guess, everyone sort of is, is a slightly anti-hero when they're the, the good guy mm. that's sort of selling bad guys sort of as anti-bad guys. Well, like, I'm not sort of confusing myself. I know, myself yeah, I know, sort of I know. Here. It's yeah. kind of like, I mean, like comic book fans, they'll understand like, you know, yeah, if these guys are villains. And they're being, you know, forced into becoming sort of good guys yeah. or, or do yeah. the, the black ops work that, you know, Batman or, or Superman, you know, who are in front of the camera can't yeah. be done. These are like your underground sort of stuff. But like, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. In, in more so than the first one. Like, yeah. I think the first one sort of, was, I enjoyed it until about halfway through and then it sort of just went flat and then, or just yeah. sort of went a bit weird. And I know, was it is it David Ayers who did the original? Yes. One I know yeah. he had issues and basically there's there's calls for a director's cut. So basically I don't think he really wanted wanted to put his name to the the one that we actually have seen out. Yeah, in the yeah. The, the story goes the version that we saw pretty much the first half was him and the second half was supposedly um, a re-edit by a group called Trailer Park who actually did the trailer for the movie. Ah, and that, okay. that's the story. And so that's why David A's, I don't think, would be particularly happy with the product that came out. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I think even without that, I think there was problems with the movie. Anyway, like I say, they, they really, I've, I've whinged about it already, this podcast. I, I think the first one really lost it in the villain part, you know, who they were all up against because it was just mm. a shithouse villain. Like I said, this one was, you know, this one was just obviously worked better and and it worked well at the part where you know Amanda Waller told them to 
to just, you know, leave, you know, let the town be destroyed and let all the people be killed. And they're like, no, fuck this, that's wrong. So you had them going from that anti-hero to, well, okay, going from villain to anti-hero is not all the way to hero. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. So I, I don't know. And, and I don't know. But that, that's why I think if you did a movie where they're up against another villain team, it, it could be a good source of conflict. It's like, why the fuck are we fighting these guys? Because, you know, they're virtually the same as us, that sort of thing. I mm. think there'd be, if you did it right, I, I think there would be the potential for something there. It'd be difficult. But I... I I just think to go, go up against somebody who, you know, you can have some pithy dialogue with and all that sort of stuff. There's none of that going on with Starfish. And, and there was nothing, none of that going on with that fucking black blob shit in the first one. And I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. I, I just, if they get a third shot at one of these, it would be nice to see, you know, maybe give James Gunn another go. Who else would you put on? Oh, I don't know who's left. As in characters, yeah. Well, <laughs> he sort of killed oh. off the majority of them. Um, um, yeah, there's there's always there's always other. Characters. I know there's others, but then then yeah. people sort of want you know. Oh, I want the Joker, and I want. I mean, you could sort of say at the end of what the just uh, what's his name, Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, he kind of created a suicide esque sort of squad where he had you know Joker oh, yeah. and Batman and all them sort of oh, team up, yeah. yeah, kind of thing. But like, yeah, I I think James sort of killed off. Like I know Boomerang is a Suicide Squad character, yeah, and obviously Flag is too. So he's sort of killed off two known uh, Suicide Squad. I know Harley in the in the comics of of late has become part of the Suicide Squad. I'm, I know James is is into the sort of like the original version of the Suicide Squad where it is Flag and Boomerang and I think there's Bronze is it Bronze oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm throwing names rings out here bell, probably, rings bell, rings bell, yeah. Bronze Tiger is, is a character yeah. who I always thought was a good guy but maybe he became good or something like that or maybe he teamed up some sort of not so nice good guys and yeah, not so bad bad guys and sort of teamed them up back in yeah. the day um, but yeah I like I said, I, I, I enjoyed this. Um, as you said, there's some probably elements that could have been edited a bit, you know, chop out a you know a couple of seconds or something. Yeah, just when, a when bit here and there. Just make it a bit tighter like, is what it should say. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's what it needed. Yeah, like I say, not whole scenes gone because most of the scenes work, but yeah, just just yeah. tighten up around them, you know, have, have some more flash cuts and that sort of thing just to, just to really give it a pace. I think it was generally lacking, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I think he got most of his mates in in, in roles. I, I think he did. Well, even one of the um, even one of the Troma producers or something like that had a cameo in the bar and all that. So, oh, okay. So yeah. he, he dragged in everybody, and uh, it was good to see Pom in there. She was good. Would have yes. been good to see uh, Bautista in there. Apparently, he wanted to be in it, but I just don't think it worked out for whatever reason. Yeah, and uh, oh, what's the? Well, other I think one? he 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 pulled out because he was doing the Snyder, um, the zombie one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I, no I, what, it was. He was. It was yeah, either okay. I'll, I'll I'll go work for James in this. Yeah. Or I'll go work this. And I think he sort of thought, you know, I want I'm going to do something a little bit different. And not not different, but like, I guess work with someone else other than yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. with James. I'm James. Which we you know saying that. I mean, like Stallone was in the last Guardians movie. I'm trying to think. There's there's some other one. Some other one that was in from. Oh well. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Pom. Pom was in it. Like I mean, yeah. he, he sort of had a couple of old older you know guardians related sort of people in this but they're probably still contracted to marvel or, or you know, <laughs> in, in some elements somewhere or they'll say if you go on this well you know we'll <laughs> change because like 
because I know what his next thing. I'm not. I'm not sure what his like next movie is, but I know he's working on. Or was it's going to be the Guardians Christmas special? I think which we're getting. I think at the end of the year, uh, okay. and then it's and then it's Guardians three next year, supposedly. Or was that was that 2023? Oh, I think maybe I, I saw that. Hang on, I saw that Guardians Guardians three yeah, 2023. So it's a it's a little way off, but yeah, I, I don't. And and he's he's executive producer of Thor: Love and Thunder. And he's got a film called Coyote versus Acme, which sounds it's based on the Mary Metal Melodies thing. So that could be interesting. But he's 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 fucking writing and producing that. So he's not directing it though. So he's got he's got a few projects. He's certainly oh, he's got, got and he, obviously he's got the Peacemaker TV series too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah that's his as well. So and, yeah. I think he directed this the first one or something like that. But yeah. yeah. And and so what has you know, apart from the Batman movie that's in the works, wherever the hell that is in the works these days, is <laughs> I don't think um, DC's got really much upcoming in regards to the um, cinema sort of world at the moment. I think COVID's probably slowed down production. Oh, yeah, Co- COVID's slowed it down. I think they've, they've probably putting all their resources into the, the TV stuff, which, yep. they, yeah. well, it's shit as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't be asked what. Oh, but they got, their, just... they got their, I don't think it's here yet. Um, they got the... Still, are they still with WB? Weren't they splitting up at one point or something? No, oh, Warner Brothers will never lose... Yeah, take get I rid of DC. I, that that's too much of a cash cow for them. Yeah, but there's supposed to be a Warner Brothers digital channel or something like that on the way as well. Warner uh, Brothers and Paramount are both. They're, they're all just rushing to get their own digital channels up and running. All the mm. all the studios and they're bypassing a lot of the TV networks <laughs> and that sort of thing and causing problems. So I, I don't know, but yeah. So apart from Batman, I don't think they've got much really on the way for the big screen now. And but I've. Small screen's the way to go, but I, I don't know. I, I still think it looks like it's harder to make more direct money off the small screen stuff. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it really no, depends. I mean, like, because, yeah, what a movie ticket is, what, 20 bucks? Yeah. When a, like, what do you Subscription, yeah. Subscription sort of thing is, you know, 10 bucks and 50 people can, you know, or not, I'm over-exaggerating, but how many people you can have in, yeah. you know, in your lounge room, but like. They're, they're going to tighten up on that shit one day. They're going to have to, because it's <laughs> just, you know, they know they can now, but they're not, but it's, they, they're literally going to have to do it because it's just going to be tougher and tougher to keep tabs on that. So what they'll eventually want you to do is have, um, you know, a, a, a streaming account on your TV at home, then a streaming account on your phone, as a lot of people do and all that sort of stuff. They'll have to do it. It's the only way they're going to make money out of this sort of shit properly. So, yeah, so I think that's pretty much all the notes I've gone through. Oh, uh, I would I would give this about three and a half out of five. What would you give it? Yeah, I'll give it. I mean, I was, that's a menu, sort of just reading and, and discussing this. I've kind of like gone back a bit on it, but then, yeah, I, yeah, three and a half, three and a half. Yeah. I, I was going to go three, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think he took it. Where they where DC wanted him to take it, I think he was heading in the right direction. Yeah, but I just don't think he quite made it as, as much as he would have liked to. I don't know. It, it's the nature of these. It's the nature of these freaking things because you get favorite characters and things, and they fucking get slaughtered and all that sort of stuff. So it 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 actually. I don't know how it works in the comic books, but in the movies, I think the, the killing people off, especially popular ones, can work to your detriment. Um, mm. in the longer term and that sort of thing is like, oh, it'd be great if that character is back, but he's dead. You know, that, that, that sort of thing. I, I, I don't know. So I, I think it's possibly the limitations of this. I, I reckon, depending on how well this goes, I reckon they'll probably want to do a third one. I, I don't know what sort of contract they've got um, 
Margo under that. That's one of the main things there, I guess. So um, unless they contract up, I don't know. It really depends. So yeah, just be really interesting to see where they did go with another one of these. Maybe, the, like I say, still a better adversary would help, but I don't fucking know. Maybe fucking Bizarro. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. It, well, there was one point when they were developing the sequel for this and the, and I think David A's actually had control of the sequel and they were going to bring Black Adam in on this. And, oh, it's like, okay. and it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? It's like, if you're going to bring somebody for that sort of thing, bring somebody who we haven't seen on the screen, like fucking Psycho Pirate or something like that. I don't know. There's, there's still interesting things they could do. Maybe it should have been Brainiac rather than The Thinker. Yeah, but I think, because uh, there's the version of Brainiac that's in the um, Legion of Superheroes. And I, I always think that there's something that uh, DC are holding off on, on doing that so they can have a franchise that you know that's set in the was it the 31st century yeah 30th century one yeah yeah oh, fucking budget though jesus christ would be expensive but you just have them you know the way to do that you do the fucking movie and you start off in the future but you bring them to present day earth pretty fast or something Probably, like yeah, that yeah and, and then have that fish out of water shit going on that'd work hey hey let's sell it Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's copyright it. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll bodge up a script and send it to them. So then if they make it, we can say, ah, people have done that in the past. It gives script, us a script. Shit. Scripts is just an idea these days, isn't it? <laughs> they have to write anything. It, it, it gives them the shits because sometimes they do ac- accept unsolicited scripts and then they've made things and then and then somebody said, but I sent you that script 10 years ago. I was like, fuck yeah. off. And then sometimes <laughs> they got to pay them off. So. <laughs> So we should do it. True. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. I, I think we can wrap it up there. I think we've said all we can. It's worth checking out. I put it like that. There's no, oh, yeah. It was fun. No, no like, ma- yeah. it's, it's fun. There's no major flaws. It just could have been a bit better, I think. It, it, it's more of a step in the right direction than the first one, but it still hasn't reached the top of the mountain yet. In, you know, no. I, I mean, I do find he's... I don't, I don't, there's, there's nothing against him. I do find anything that he has done that's not Guardians of the Galaxy does fall, not not fall flat, but just needs a bit more, as you said, a bit more tighter editing or a bit more sort of tighter yeah. way it's done. Because like yeah, because like all the previous stuff is just I don't know. It's just you know what I I reckon be, being the director is I reckon when he did the first Guardians movie, he actually probably had a lot more time on his hands to work on it personally. True, I, yeah. uh, and this is this is what happens to a lot of directors. I've I've heard similar stories about a lot of big name directors like Spielberg and that sort of thing, and they say Spielberg has barely get, got time to go on set for any movies that he's in italics directing these days. You know what I mean? Because they're mm. they're involved in not just this, but so many other projects and that sort of thing. So it could be that, but I, I also. You know, I think the first Guardians is more of a passion project for him, and he really had to sell it. You know, True. Yeah. You know, really had to sell it to to because otherwise, you know, if, if that had have fucked up, that probably probably would have been the end of his career. So I don't know, and I'm and I'm not saying he's being lazy or shitty with this film, but I'm oh no saying, no no not. But I'm, I'm just I mean, saying I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a lot on his plate these days, and everybody wanting him to do something all the fucking time. Imagine being one of these guys, because like, I'd imagine just about every day of your fucking working life would be. Doing something, it would be barely. Oh, he's, he's got holidays and shit. Yeah, he's got fingers in in everything he does. Like it's yeah. not like, you know, yeah. like he 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 does the soundtrack. He you know he he, he yeah. writes the script. Yeah, he, you know he yes he yes. auditions. I mean, I, I guess he, directors audition the actors or yeah, but, but I mean like he 
yeah, his fingers are in every single pie. So yeah, like it's it's he's yeah. he's involved, and I think that's why the actors that you know work on his films they become family. It's it, because he yeah. he yeah. it's not just like turn up the set, do your sit, do your thing, go back to your trailer, you know that yeah. sort of thing. He's like you know they're, they're fa- they they become family, and I think we we learned that when you know from the first Guardians movie, like most of yeah. those guys will do anything for him. Yeah. Especially you know, after you know well, what happened with yeah, him being sort of sacked stuck, by Marvel, yeah. Yeah. And, and some of them were ready to walk. <laughs> yeah, uh, ready to walk out on Guardians Three, and I, I'm sure that was a factor that had Disney bringing him back. But like I say, as, as soon as he signed on for for this, I'm sure there would have been people at Disney shitting themselves, saying, "No, nah, he's our fucking yeah." Um, I think as soon our as that, talent, as soon as Trump's boyfriend left Marvel. I, oh. I think, and then they came back on their hands and knees to James. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Trump's. Oh my god! Oh, don't start. Is it me. Ike or something? Ike Perlman or oh, his no, fucking name? Dickheads, absolute dickheads. Dickhead. That's all that fucking matters. So yeah, all right, okay, we'll wrap it up there. So I, I'm not getting anything. We must have gone more, longer than forty minutes. I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's worth a watch. It's, it's worth, worth a watch. watch. And who wouldn't want to see number three? I definitely still want to see number three. So yeah, give them encouragement, you know, to get out there and make another one and, you know, to hopefully finally get, you know, the perfect Suicide suicide Squad movie because it's out there. It can be done. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll leave it there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, we'll catch you later. Catch you later. One,